you know, lower, and, and that's really a class issue, and, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Good morning and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. What's up, guys? Shout out to Cardi B. Okay, I had to play that throwback <laughs> because she ran down on Nicki Minaj, I think twice. I think she did try to do it twice, too. So shout out to Cardi B, guys. My name is Selena Hill. Of course, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill. And I'm, like, super excited and pumped to be back. Um, if you guys are regular listeners or followers of Let Your Voice Be Heard, you know that we've been on a three-week hiatus. Why? Because Jackie had the nerve to get married, and then it was Labor Day, and then, like, something else happened. So we haven't been here for a while, guys, and, like, I really, really missed y'all. Like, seriously, like, this is, like, our outlet to talk about everything going on in the world. And without it, you know, when we don't have these conversations, when we're not engaging, like, what am I supposed to do, right? So, that being said, let your voice be heard. This is the place where we talk politics, social issues, and foreign policy and pop culture every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern on WHCR 90.3 FM. We also have a Facebook Live. Obviously, shout out to everyone who's listening and watching now. And I have to introduce my very special co-host today because Jackie, Alyssa, and Stanley still aren't here like guys they're still on vacation like they what they needed more than three weeks vacation like who does that right so anyway they left me but their shoes are being filled we have joshua clennon you're and we have <laughs> tiffany brown hello and i will give them formal introductions as soon as we kick off the segment guys but yeah so how are you guys feeling this morning I'm feeling good. I had my tea this morning. You know, I'm pumped up. That's all it takes for you to get pumped? Yup. Like, Nicki Minaj, are you, like, Cardi B type pumped, though? Um, no, nah, I don't know if I'm Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> you giving out smoke early in the morning? <laughs> Seriously, Cardi like. a little while, you know. She, <laughs> hey, she, she ran. She's about that life. Like, Cardi B is about that life. She got like, that knot on her head, though. You saw that. She did. She did. She did. And we're, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Joshua, for people who don't know and don't follow you, uh, give them more information about yourself. Okay, so uh, my name is Joshua Clennon. I'm a Harlem native. Um, I'm involved with, uh, you know, Democratic Party. I'm treasurer of the Black Caucus of Young Democrats of America. I was a delegate for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Um, locally, I'm on Community Board 10, which represents all of uh, Central Harlem. Okay, and Tiffany, you haven't been here for a while. Remind yes. everyone of your greatness. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Tiffany. I'm from Queens. I work for a labor union. I do their communications and legislative work. I'm also really involved in just like, you know, black liberation and power movement. So, yeah, that's the jam. Absolutely. And, you know, before we came on, we were on Instagram, my personal Instagram, and I was asking you guys, what are you most excited to talk about today? I want to talk about that op-ed because that is just crazy. The White House is about to implode. Oh, yeah. 
Definitely imploding. Absolutely. <laughs> and Tiffany? I'm excited to talk about Cardi B and Serena Williams. And why is that? I'm excited to talk about Serena Williams because I really identify with this situation as a fellow dark-skinned black girl who gets upset and everyone feels like she needs to quiet her spirit. And Cardi B, just because the conversation about, like, she shouldn't have ran down on Nicki in front of these white folks and all this stuff, it's like, get over it. <laughs> like, so, no, like, I'm right there with you. Like, I don't, I think Josh may disagree a little bit, maybe? I definitely disagree. Do you? Why? I mean... You know, there's people going to say it's I mean, a thousand people already said this on, on social media is a time and place for everything. Like, you know, like I like the, the way the Italians used to do it back in the day. They smile in your face and then they get you back when you least expect it. Like just making a fool out of yourself. At, on New York Fashion Week, I mean, you just look hmm, crazy. Sound like we have some Barty haters, but <laughs> nah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really like the way Nicki been moving. Like she been trying to shade everybody. She been shading Travis Scott and everybody, but she shaded a baby. Yeah, I mean that's kind of wild. <laughs> a but baby. I mean, but she, you know, she her desired intentions, you know, worked. You know, she she got underneath Cardi's skin, and you never want to let anybody get under your skin and make you act out of character in public like that. True, true. All right, so we're going to have to save it there but because we want to continue the conversation after the break. And, guys, you know, if you want to let your voice be heard, call us up at 212-650-6903. Leave those comments on Facebook Live. Shout-out to Kawanza Billy with the heart emoji. Shout-out to Roland Michelle, who says, Welcome back. Have a great show. Thank you. Shout-out to you. And, guys, and also tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio we're going to take a quick break but don't go anywhere because we're going to jump into all those news stories the ones that joshua and tiffany sort of briefed us on and then we're going to have a full discussion on how nike is just doing it like i don't know like i'm a fan i see a lot of people walking around in nikes just wearing it very boldly and and just saying you know what i stand with nike nike stands with cap and there's a message behind it but then, on the other hand, I hear some people saying things like, um, you know, Nike's still a big business. It's a corporation. They have bad business practices. Are we being hypocritical on the left? So we have a lot to talk about, right? So don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Diamonds on my wrist, they tripping. Nice. Give me a little sun to remember. Trying to make love in the sprinter. Yeah. Could you drop it like Kimba? And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And if you don't recognize me, yes, it's because I have my, my summer look going. I have the braids in, but, you know, my... <laughs> my re- my regular signature here is coming back soon, guys. I just want to let you no seriously. Like I went to this event and I'm like running up on people and hugging them, and they're like, "Who are you?" Like li- like giving me looks like, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, it's it's me, Salita." But like you know, I never wear braids, so people they just they just didn't respect my agency. Like you know, like I can't I can't switch it up real quick. Like uh, apparently not. Um, and we have with us uh, Joshua Clinton. He's a Harlem native. 
He works in real estate to rehabilitate housing and improve living conditions for residents in Harlem. And he sits on the board of Manhattan Community Board 10, which encompasses central Harlem. And in 2016, he was a delegate for the Democratic National Convention for the Bernie Sanders campaign. He is also the treasurer of the Black Caucus of Young Democrats of America. Welcome again, Joshua. Thank you. Good to be here. And we have Tiffany Brown. She is a legislative and communications associate for a public sector labor union. Tiffany, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so before we went on break, we were talking about Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, right? We all saw, or at least you should have by now, that viral video of Cardi B running up on Nick. Saying things like, come over here, B, um, basically trying to pop off, saying, if you like another tweet talking about me as a bad mother, like, it's going to be a problem. And um, she tried to get physical with Nick, apparently. She threw her shoe at Nicki Minaj. Um, her dress ripped. She was exposed. And, I mean, it was it was a lot going on. This was all at New York Fashion Week, like, 48, 72 hours ago, right? And, I mean, it exploded on Twitter. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, some people were like, yeah, Cardi, you about that life. Let's get it. Other people, like Joshua, are saying, like, not the time and place. Like, Cardi B, you're a multimillionaire artist and role model. You're 25 years old. You're a wife. You're a mother. Why are you still trying to fight? So, like, what do you guys think? Not that? even just that. It's like, do you think that she was, like, there's security everywhere. Like, you know them people that get into fights and they know that everybody going to hold them back and they just making a scene? It felt like that. It's like, you know, like, you know you're not really about to touch this girl. Like, <laughs> if she really, <laughs> if she really wanted to pop off on her, she should have waited to, like, you know, acted on nice, got close to her, and then just... Well, she, well apparently what happened was while they were actually in the party, um, Cardi B approached Nick while she was at her table in her entourage mm -hmm. and got very aggressive. So she did try to do mm. it before, you know, things blew up. Tiffany? Um, I think it's unfortunate that you see, like, two women fighting like this. But I don't think, you know, it should be a true reflection on, like, her motherhood or being a wife. I think emotions sometimes get the best of people. And... When you see an opportunity, you know, you take it sometimes. Mm. And I think she saw the opportunity and she took it because even though security had them, you know, far apart. And I don't think it was any real fight was going to happen. And I heard that the knot actually came from security. It wasn't even yeah, from like, elbowed. I think, you know, you know, she threw her shoe, which is what Cardi B does. And I think everyone's <laughs> saying, like, have we watched Love and Hip Hop? Like. The reason why people love Cardi B and why she's in this position is because she was acting this way on Love and Hip Hop. So I think mm -hmm. it's it's almost disingenuous that everyone's acting like she shouldn't act. I was like, this is why she's, that's why she's invited. Those white people know, like, they see why Cardi B is like this. And also, like, Fashion Week had, wouldn't be nothing without any of these rappers or, you know, quote-unquote ghetto folks there. Because apparently Fashion Week is not what it was, like, you know, a couple of years ago. Oh, that's a fact. And I just want to add on that I'm not here for those people who are saying we need to act a certain way in front of white people. Like, right. I'm not here trying to live up to white standards like there's like there's so much better and like we're inferior. I'm, I'm just not about that. So I feel that. But at the same time, you know, we got to have standards for ourselves. <laughs> you can't just go out in public <laughs> acting a fool everywhere like. You I mean, know, I'm like, not going to be fighting. Like, if you got kids, like, and your kids is looking at that and they seeing how you act, and what are you, what are you really teaching your kids? 
Tiffany? I mean, Coach is like a baby. Yeah, she'll, she'll get her life together. <laughs> <laughs> she'll get it right by the time she's one or two. It's all right. <laughs> so Coach has time to learn. <laughs> right? Like, you know, yeah, she'll, I mean, she'll write she her wrongs. Little, little girls that look up to her, you know, that idolize her. And it's like, you know, like, what example are you setting what example like you gotta you have setting. a it doesn't matter like you have a responsibility it's like spider-man like with great power comes responsibility you got all that fame all that money and you got a responsibility for like the people that you're being a role model for i mean she she's gonna say she's not a role model but you are in a way no and i totally understand that argument i just feel like there's a double standard when it comes to men because i feel like when men have all of this ego and bravado and they go out it because they want to defend, you know, their girlfriend or their wife because, you know, another man tried to, like, look at them or hit on them, something that's very normal, um, you know, we don't, we don't make those same conclusions. We don't say, like, oh, my God, your son is looking at you. You know, we sort of commend them, like, yeah, you know. So I, I just feel like there's a little double standard. And mm-hmm. speaking of double standards... <laughs> Did you guys see what happened at the U.S. Open? Serena Williams blacked out. Like, she literally got into the face of an official Mm. and demanded an apology. So, apparently, what happened was she called um, an official a thief. And then I think the coach was like, um, you know, he gave her a warning. And she was saying things like... um, you know, as a woman, I've seen male athletes say things much more profound or, 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 or you know, way more hurtful or, or horrible, and they don't get those type of repercussions. But because she's a woman and she used the word thief, you know. Listen, first, first of all, she got a warning because her coach was making hand signals. Right, that too. And I mean, this but, video okay. of that, it's clear he did it. Well, well, and he admitted after the yes, match he that he did. Well, so she got a warning for that. Then she started yeah. wilding out on the umpire saying that he accused her of cheating and this and that. She she was frustrated because she was getting whooped. She was getting killed by Naomi Osaka. Right. And she should have been focused on finish out the match instead of arguing with this dude. And she put herself in a deeper hole. Whoa. Listen, if this was this is the double standard. If this was LeBron acting like this in the NBA with the rest, we all be calling him a crybaby. They be crybaby memes all over, all over Facebook, Twitter, etc. But because she's a woman, she just had a baby. We sympathetic. Tiffany is shaking her head <laughs> no over I'm here. To, Chime in, sis. I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree. I do think when the when the first penalty was handed down to her, they had like a side by side video where it didn't even seem like she even acknowledged her coach when he was doing that. And his hands were like significantly low. And what a lot of people were saying was that everyone does coaching on the side. I think Maria Sharapova, who everyone thinks is like, you know, her equal, she gets coached on the sideline all the time. So I think the issue is how they divvy out these penalties. And yeah, I think she was frustrated and she demanded an apology. But I also think like, if we look at this a little bit more like, a bigger picture like anytime like a woman especially a black woman is like standing up for herself or feel like she's wrong people tell like oh you know just get over it 
temper yourself. You have to calm down. And I think Serena was very frustrated because he did kind of, you know, insinuate that she was like cheating in a way. And he also apparently gave a similar penalty to her sister at a previous match. So I do think, you know, she does kind of have a target on her back. And especially when it was like they banning the cat suits, different things like this. I feel like Serena and Venus have been going through different sorts of microaggression and overt racism throughout their whole career. And as soon as they touched the floor and they had those white beads in their heads, which I really didn't like those white beads. I felt like they could have been a different color. (laughs) But still, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of times when you see a strong, successful, powerful black woman, a lot of people, you know, are intimidated by that. And I feel like if there was any other athlete and they showed, I think earlier um, in that uh, match, they showed up, um, there was a clip of how like an umpire like got off his seat and was like encouraging a tennis player to like keep in fighting, like keep going in his match. And it's just like, come yeah. on, there's this clearly double standards. And even earlier in the U.S. Open, how I think one of the athletes was penalized because she took her shirt off and changed her shirt. So it's just like, we have to really like, acknowledge that there is some double standards whether she should have handled it that way that could be debatable but she did it the way she did and she's gonna have to live with that so so marilyn and ann seem to agree with you uh tiffany they gave uh emojis so thank you guys for chiming in josh mm-hmm. what do you have to say to that i mean i agree with most of what you said i think there's a lot of issues with the uh, the tennis association and, and how they treat women and you know how they try to dictate what women can wear etc but if we just talking about this match just this match? No, I think she should have focused on finishing out the match. She still had a chance to win. She chose to keep arguing with the dude. And she But you know, was she, she standing herself. up for herself? I mean, was she speaking she, out and representing women? No, because she she said? Playing, she's playing against another black woman. And she didn't have those. Why she didn't have those problems? Why she didn't get no penalty? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like we she come was playing against. Her, but it's also, not like she was playing against Maria Sharapova. She was playing against another black woman. Which people are simply forgetting that she's black, but that's another. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's not like yeah. But, but I will, I will say that in the history of ten, they said no one has ever been handed a penalty in that way, and I feel like that umpire he did cheapen her win because she was the. Who knows? Like Serena could have pulled off the win, but it was clear that she was the better player. But by giving her an additional point in a whole set, that that definitely turned the whole tide for Serena. It did. It did. Well, I will say it was very impassioned. It was very emotional. I mean, even at the ceremony, everyone was crying. The crowd was booing. Like, they right. did not yeah. want Naomi yeah. to win. That crowd was very pro-Serena. That was and, terrible. And I will say that it, it was a distraction. Like, every, you know, it took away from Naomi's first win um, as the first Japanese person to ever win the U.S. Open. Haitian, and, Japanese, and Haitian. Black Japanese and, and Haitian. Haitian. You know, they're only saying Japanese in yeah, the news. I'm like, this girl's she got, she got Japanese citizenship. She has dual yeah. Japanese right, and, okay. and United States citizenship. Now it makes sense. But yeah, but yeah, but honestly, like when I saw it, I was I was kind of like, yeah, Serena, because she literally said, like, if I was a man, you wouldn't this wouldn't be happening. And you don't see black women being that affirmative. And when they are, it's it's always seen as, okay, she's angry, she's frustrated, she's hysterical. And it, it, we just don't see, you know, when it happens for a man, it's it's the best thing. Like, there are a number of male tennis players who are very spirited, and because they act with such aggression and they'll go off and they'll argue, like, people actually want to watch it more. So, I mean, it actually helps the game of tennis because it makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Serena's so um, the reason why we're watching tennis, yes. okay? I mean, regardless, <laughs> I was excited about the match because either way, a black woman was right. gonna win right 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 and and that's you know what that's a great point because 
yes, we're still winning in a lot of different sports areas. And we're actually going to talk about more sports uh, later on in the show when we talk about Nike and Kaepernick. But for now, I did also want to touch on that anonymous New York Times op-ed, which was written by a White House official. And now, you know, if you guys haven't read it yet, it basically criticizes uh, Donald Trump a lot. And it says, like, we as conservatives and Republicans, we realize how immoral and erratic the president is. But what we're doing is we're trying to push our agenda forward. Um, And so Donald Trump is right now calling for the the Department of Justice to investigate uh, who wrote this op-ed. I mean, he's not concerned about the foreign uh, country that interrogated and and interrupted our uh, democracy when it came to the U.S. election back in 2016. But he's more so concerned about this. And it's like um, somebody needs to tell the president that it's not illegal for or unlawful for a, a an employee to write a letter publish it anonymously anonymously in the new york times criticizing their boss like it's just it just mm-hmm. is what it is so i want to know who do you guys think wrote this op-ed well first it is kind of illegal because you got an appointment of the president right openly saying i mean anonymously saying that they're undermining the administration and, and withholding information from the president which is basically like treason right but it, it is that's basically <laughs> treason. treason right that is that's basically right. treason right Joshua, whose side are you on are I'm you not, i'm not treasonous? i'm not no i'm saying the person it, that's why the letter in itself is problematic right because i mean even if if you're an appointment of the president if you don't like what the president is doing you should resign right but on the other hand, when you really think about this, this is a power play. This is a huge power play. And you've got to really think about who benefits the most from this. Who? Mike Pence. Yeah. Mike I, Pence. I, I believe it came from Pence's office as well. Tiffany? If it's not Mike Pence, I definitely think he put someone up to do it. And I think he was in the Times today saying that, you know, denying all mm-hmm. allegations. But, I mean, he would you know, gained the most by <laughs> the president mm-hmm. being impeached and tossed mm-hmm. out of office. So. Yeah. And it's really brilliant because he's basically what he's done. He's made the the president so paranoid. He's isolated himself mm-hmm. from all of his, you know, mm-hmm. staff and trusted advisor, cabinet members. And what he's and now the president, he's going to continue to act probably more erratically. And what's it doing is after the midterms, if the Democrats do get control of the House mm-hmm. and Republicans, some Republicans feel like you know, he's really becoming uncontrollable and we can't, you know, we can't hold this together anymore. He might very well be impeached. Yes. He they very he very well very well might be impeached. Um you know, honestly, I kinda feel like the president, no matter like what he's doing, he always wants to focus on like cultural issues and like, you know, trying to demonize the press or demonize football players. And, you know, something like this is right up his alley. He uses it to rally up his base and they win over supporters and, and tell people like, look at people targeting me. So um, in the long run, yes, it is going to it could hurt Donald Trump. But in the short term, I just think his base is like, that's why everyone's targeting him. So I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm mixed on it. And then like even like reading it was it, it was kind of disheartening for me because it felt like they were saying we know how horrible he is as a president and as a world leader. And we know that this country is going to pieces. 
but we're gonna still try to push tax reform so it, it was you, you know it when was, i read i got like okay we know that you know this dude is crazy but we need that check so <laughs> right <laughs> we need that check though so <laughs> we got to keep him here and try to manage him as best as we can so he doesn't destroy the entire world but we we need that check yeah i no. also I also think, like, that person shouldn't get any, like, real cookies or, like, applause by, like, Mm -hmm. stating what everyone already knew before Donald Trump was even put into office. And I think it's kind of cowardly that you're doing this anonymously because it's just, like, what what does that mean for us, like, (laughs) in terms of, like, you know, the public? Like, how are you really going to change the tie in that White House? Right. So I just, I think it was more so for that individual person if they ever are outed in the New York Times because... It keeps them in the limelight. Speaking of changing tides, uh, really quickly before we go on break, we know that Brett Kavanaugh, the confirmation hearings uh, that happened last week, completely chaotic. Over 200 people were arrested, including some people I know, uh, like my son, Linda Sassor, people from the New York Justice League. Really quickly, what was your reactions to like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker just grilling the heck out of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. I love Kamala Harris. She she was really the star of that whole thing. Like the way she made this dude melt <laughs> was was brilliant. Uh, I want to say Cory Booker is a joke. Really? Let's all talk about how Cory Booker <laughs> is a complete joke. Made up this whole attention, this whole headline grabbing thing about him having confidential documents. Then the documents aren't confidential and they don't really reveal anything damaging about Kavanaugh at all. Like, he's just a joke. He's focused too much on 2020 instead of doing his job. Um, I would say there was also another representative. She was from Hawaii who really mm-hmm. nailed Kavanaugh on yeah. just his, like, pretty much, like, racist and bigotry when it came to um, deciding on if, uh, I think, Native uh, folks from Hawaii had, like, any sort of, like, rights to land. I believe I'm loosely I'm remembering this. But in terms of Kamala Harris, I, I appreciate what she did. But I also think, you know... She makes me sigh at her a lot of times because when it comes to, like, you know, prison reform or, like, inmates' rights, like, she's a little problematic in terms of, like, should inmates, you know, be working, like, labor and all that stuff. So I see what she's doing. I think, you know, no politician or elected official is going to be necessarily perfect. But I think, you know, at least she's standing up and it's because of folks like Maxine Waters, Kamala Harris, and even Cory Booker, though it was a little performative, mm-hmm. that, you know, we have to call this out. And, you know, and Kavanaugh is going to be a huge threat to women oh. and people of color in marginalized groups. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we definitely got to call it out. On that note, we do have to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. But I just want to give a shout out to Drake and Meek Mill, who apparently yes. squashed their beef last night. Yes. Like, did you guys see that? Yes, I mean, I if, if Drake and Meek Mill can squash their beef, maybe Nikki and Cardi. I don't I don't know. No, that beef is forever. <laughs> That's the ever beef? Okay. <laughs> don't go anywhere, guys. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're talking about oh, Nike. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick. And we're talking about everything going on. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. So that was Mac Miller, Nike's on my feet. R.I.P. to Mac Miller. We know that he overdosed at the age of, what, 26, 26 years old? Same age as me. So Damn. sad, guys. And, 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 you know, if anyone is suffering from any type of depression or, or mental illness, please seek help um, or, or don't turn to, you know, 
lethal or, or deadly mechanisms, you know. And I'm not saying that's the causes for him, but I do know that like he did rap about, you know, had a, like he rap, he had like a lot of dark lyrics and rap that alluded to him, you know, suffering from different things. So you know, there's always help. That being said, of course we play Nikes on my feet because everybody is rocking Nikes, the gear, their socks, the shirts. Like every time I walk out, I see people with the "Just Do It" signs. Like like we're all here for it. And why? It's because Nike, a billion-dollar athletic appeal company, they marked the 30th anniversary of its of their "Just Do It" campaign with a new ad on Labor Day that pictures. Colin Kaepernick with the words, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. As we remember, Colin Kaepernick is a former NFL quarterback who has not played professional football since he began kneeling during the national anthem in protest of police brutality and racial injustice back in 2016. Now his take a knee protest went on to trigger an outpour of support and a firestorm of backlash from critics like President Donald Trump, uh, who called the protest unpatriotic and disrespectful towards the American flag and the military. Now, Rather than remaining neutral in this debate, Nike decided to place Colin Kaepernick at the center of their new major campaign, sparking an emotional fray on social media. Critics were like, oh, no, I'm not buying Nike anymore. Hashtag Nike boycott. Hashtag just don't. Others went as far as to burn anything that they owned of Nike to cut it up and to share it and to say like, hey, I'm not supporting Nike, even though you already purchased the item and supported Nike, whatever. Um, and then you, you even have some people criticizing Nike for being hypocritical, saying like, yeah, you're all for, you know, being woke to sell merchandise, but the shoes that you're making and you're selling are being manufactured in uh, sweatshops. So, I mean, you know, let, let's look at the full picture here. So we're going to have an all-encompassing conversation about Nike, this brand, sports, and how polarizing it is, right? It's like we can't even wear a clothing brand or watch NFL. Like, it's everything happens to be an issue. So I wanted to start off this conversation by asking you guys, what was your initial reaction to Nike's Just Do It campaign, Tiffany? I thought it was pretty dope. And I say this because if you look at everyone who wears Nike, everyone who's like, you know, make Nike fly, you know, add that extra drip, it's, it's people of color, especially black people. And, you know, we can talk about the other issues when it comes to their business practices and how they produce their um, materials. That's a valid argument. But I do think it's bold for a company to do this. But I also have to recognize there's a lot of money in being woke now, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's not always, you know, the first priority for people who are, you know, talking about wokeness and being aware and fighting for social justice is not only always the people that they said they're fighting for. So I think it is valid concerns, but I feel like nothing is ever really like, you know, black and white. There's a lot of gray here. And I do think it's a huge risk for Nike per se to like put Colin Kaepernick, who is a polarizing person right now, but at the end of the day, he's fighting for what he believes in and is a just and right cause. Like, and anyone who's spinning it as if this is disrespecting the military, I was like, we don't 
as a country, as a government, we don't care about our vets. We need to be honest about that because we see a lot of them that are homeless and in the subways. We do not care about our vets. And I feel like to even use them as a pawn, I think, is disgusting because the way we treat them. Like, look what's happening at the VA hospital. If we really cared about our vets, they would not be, you know, going through what they're going through. I feel like those people who are burning their stuff, they should donate it. I feel like I saw a story, I think it was like someone in Rochester, New York, like he was burning his Nikes. He ended up burning down his house. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I read that too. Um, so Don Eli chimed in on our Facebook Live. He says, and I may not have time to read the whole comment, but he says, you don't have to protest Nike. I think the better question is, do they support the right purpose or are they just getting profits we are known to be so commercially minded that we don't see the financial reality of our actions as consumers does supporting the company help our community give us a place to live pay us feed us that's a brilliant question don mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. josh you can answer that that's right. I mean, I think he's 100 percent correct. I mean, the first everybody's like, oh, I'm going to go buy two pairs of Nike. I was like, what is wrong with people? Like, <laughs> yeah. go yeah. buy if you're going to buy any go buy some Nike stock because it dipped and get a return on that. You know, like, don't we need to stop falling into this consumerism mm -hmm. and being so hype about the, these corporations don't care about us. This is like a huge market employee. Like Nike is trying to regain that market share that they've been losing to Adidas. Because Adidas has been doing all these projects for rappers, athletes, etc. You know, they got the Yeezy. They got, like, Playboy Cardi signed with Adidas. So, Nike, you know, how am I going to get my black people back? But, oh, we're going to put Colin Kaepernick in our new advertising campaign. But it's a double-edged sword. Because we're the first people to protest corporations and companies when they neglect us, when they leave us out of campaigns, when they don't put dark-skinned faces up on billboards. We're the first people, like, where, where's the inclusion? Where's the diversity? But LeBron has been the face of Nike for forever. No, but to your point, that for people who are saying, oh, it's all about the profits, don't get caught up in the hype of consumerism, yeah, but when they weren't, when they were neglecting us opportunities to be in advertisements, we were pro protesting then. So which one is it? I mean, I don't agree with that. I mean, what's the big... What's the big whoop about seeing a black face in an advertisement? That's not gonna. That's not gonna pay your rent. That's not gonna give you housing. That's not gonna help you eat. Tiffany, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what's the big deal? So Joshua just said, "What's the big deal? Colin Kaepernick is the face of Nike. What's the big deal? What's the big deal, Tiffany?" I think the big deal is because it's Colin Kaepernick, and you know he is out of a job because he kneeled respectfully on the sidelines and he's been, you know, ostracized and outcast. And also on top of that, you know, he has his whole case going forward with the whole collusion against uh, the NFL about how he was, you know, pretty much, you know, blacklisted from joining any team. So I do think I get what you're saying. Like, you know, Nike's is not going to allow me to eat any better or make me any more money. And how can I say this? I feel like when you live in a, a society that's all about capitalism, consumerism, and not necessarily based off like social justice or like the betterment of people holistically, it's hard to like, you know, try to like pick either side. But as I said, I think it's a very gray area. Look, look this is this is what I say. I get it. It is a marketing ploy. They are doing this for profits and to increase their bottom line. But the fact of the matter is 
What Colin Kaepernick stands for, he stands for equality, racial justice, and that fight. And for Nike to put billions of dollars, their billion-dollar company, on the line to say we stand with him, that means something in society. It means that all these protests, all these marches, every time we hit the streets, people are actually watching. And not only are they supporting on social media, they're willing to put money and investment behind it. That's what the big deal is. And on top of that, some I, I just wanted to add, when I first saw it, I thought it was a brilliant business decision. And a recent report from Edison's friends shows that following a brief decline after Nike put out the ad, the shoe giant's online sales increased 31%, which was substantially better than 2017's mm. 17%. Mm. So it, it But I don't I don't agree because I feel like this is what always happens with like activist movements. Like corporate mm -hmm. corporations get involved and use it for their own purposes. I mean, that's why you have a lot of people, even in South America, you have a lot of people who are heads of these corporations who started out as activists against these corporations. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no, you know, they're just taking a movement and using it, twisting it for their own purpose. And, I mean, I feel I'm, I'm happy for Colin Kaepernick. He's getting a check. I mean, he deserves a check for what the sacrifices he's made, but does it really further the movement? Good question. Um, we have a comment coming in from Emanuela. She says, it is important to acknowledge the importance of Nike choosing to back cap. It is also important to educate our people about stock, not just lining up to purchase Jordans or Nike. Thank yeah, you so true. much for that comment, Emanuela, on our Facebook Live. We are going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere, guys. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. And, you, you know, I, I know I'm all for Nike now, but there are some things that this company has been doing for decades that is questionable and we need to talk about. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with my special guest, Billings, Tiffany Brown, Joshua Clennon. And we're talking about Nike. We're talking about Cap. We're talking about this Just Do It movement because a lot of us are like, yeah, I'm going to go out and buy Nike. Most of us saying sneakers. Some of us saying stocks. Uh, and we're all supporting this company. But as I alluded right before we went on break, not everything Nike does is commendable. So Nike has been condemned for exploiting its workers overseas and paying low wages for decades, the United Students Against Sweatshops, which is an organization, they have been ridiculing Nike because of its labor practices, specifically in China and Southeast Asia. Now, the United Students Against Sweatshops tour workers uh, tours workers from Nike's uh, factories on college campuses and organizes athletes to demand an end to the sweatshops, or their schools will break ties with the uh, with the shoe giant. On top of that, women who have worked at Nike have described an eternal sexist atmosphere, and they say working at Nike has been toxic. In fact, back in April, the New York Times published a whole expose uh, end, uh, on Nike's toxic culture and uh, high-profile executives. And to make matters worse, Nike founder Phil Knight he underwrites candidates from the very Republican Party that has been demonizing Colin Kaepernick. That's Tiffany, right. hold up, Josh, because I That's know what you're right. going to say. Tiff, <laughs> you got to chime in. Are we, are we still just doing it? What's up? Oh, gosh. 
Lord. <laughs> and I want to know from you guys, like, you still supporting Nike? That's why I keep saying there's nothing in black and white when it comes to a lot of these issues. And I do think it's valid to call out Nike when they are doing wrong. And I say, you know, give them a hand clap when they're doing right. But I think, like I said, it's not black and white. I do think those are valid arguments that's being, you know, waged against Nike. And I don't think we should necessarily just run out and support Nike because there's other ways that we can support Kaepernick without, you know, necessarily buying Nikes. And, you know, that's just basically going to like a local organization and going out to march. So I do think, you know, while they may have while they may have it right in this aspect, we also have to hold them accountable in other areas. <laughs> so Joshua's looking at me like he's about to start making his own shoes. I mean, like, if you right. don't support capitalism and consumerism for reasons like this, you know, I want to know mean, what you go wear. I'm just saying, like, this is how the, they fool us every time, right? They they try to take our, they give Kaepernick's couple million. They use his whole image and everything. But at the same time, they're giving money to Republicans to push conservative agendas, right? I want to say then they, the founder the, uses his personal money that he gains from Nike okay. to donate to Republicans. Okay, but... <laughs> this is what they do every single time. That's true. Every single time. I mean, I like I like Lonzo. I like the Ball family. You know, this is what we need. We need to make our own sneakers. Mm. Push our own products. Stop like stop. We just want to be in white spaces so bad mm. instead of making our own stuff. Like I don't get it. You know what? You have a point there because we should be supporting uh, our own community, circulating the dollar within our community. I mean, there are a lot of fashion designers. I mean, it's it's New York Fashion Week, and I had the privilege to go to Harlem Fashion Week just yesterday, and I met a lot of designers of color, and they literally said to me, like, we need to start shopping in our own communities instead of always giving our dollars to corporations and companies who fundamentally don't care about us. Tiffany? I think that's a perfect and valid um, statement. I also have to feel like we have to acknowledge that when it comes to supporting our own, they make it very hard for our, even our fashion designers and our creators to even have the opportunity in the platform and to, you know, even get access to them. I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks with that whole nail salon story. And it was just like everyone was like, you know, but this is why we need like black owned nail salons and black, um, you know, nail techs. And it was like I was just like Googling online because like my thing is like I really want to support my like, you know, black women in business. And it's so hard to find that. And it's like we really have to like cultivate that in our own communities from like young, not just when something like this happens, but like, you know, it's okay to like go to school for cosmetology, then open up your own business. It's okay to be a fashion. We really have to like grow and nurture those talents within our community and then really distribute that information out. Cause sometimes it is hard to find. Absolutely. And, and I wanted to add so Nike actually brought advertisement uh, of their Just Do It campaign featuring Collar Nick. Um, excuse me uh during during the nfl so you're like i don't know if you guys happen to watch the nfl it kicked off uh what like last thursday and they brought the ad um that leads me to say like so guys are you supporting the nfl or are you boycotting because you know kaepernick stood for he's actually suing the nfl right now and he's standing saying we should be able to express ourselves and protest whether we're at work, on the job, no matter how, you know, no matter what, especially if it's a peaceful protest. And the NFL pushed back. We know that he did not. He, he is not playing professional football because of those reasons. And now not only did Nike put Kaepernick at the center of their campaign, but to add salt to, you know, to add salt to the room, 
they purchased the advertisement during the game. Like, what do you guys think about that? I thought it was more marketing, but I haven't watched NFL in, in two years. So you're boycotting? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely boycotting. Um, do you think your boycott makes a difference? Um, I'm sure it does make a difference because, you know, I used to have, like, you know, I used to get all the guys together to watch NFL. I mean, and I know a lot of people who just don't watch it anymore, and the, the NFL's ratings have been going mm-hmm. down every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, they're definitely on a decline, and the NBA has just gotten more and more popular internationally. Mm-hmm. And that's why you've seen the NBA take more, like, progressive stances on these issues. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not trying to really control what the players do as much as the NFL. Tiffany, what should the NFL do to regain support in communities of color? Um, I don't know if I want necessarily the NFL in uh, communities of color. I feel like there's such a dangerous sport. And even before, you know, this whole thing happened with Colin Kaepernick, like you said, you have been seeing a decline in the NFL. But I've been watching like a lot of documentaries just about like football and a lot of like young uh, black youth that really benefit from football just being in their neighborhood because it takes them out of a situation like drugs and gangs and all of that. So I feel like there is value of playing football in terms of like giving an alternative to a you know a, a, a dangerous lifestyle. But I don't know if you know the NFL can really do anything to help the black community per se because I feel like they don't respect the black community. If you look at all of the owners, they're all white. It feels very slave like you like know plantation. It, it feels very plantation-esque so i don't I mean, know i guess on the other hand they would argue that employing them and giving them multi-million dollar contracts is helping them directly yeah, and they're also investing that money back into their communities but then they only live like 15 20 years right. after they after they retire they're all dying they're all getting at like um, what CTE. age and a lot of them don't even retire with money honestly right. <laughs> you know i'm saying like like what's the average age of a football player to die do we know? I don't. I don't, know. I don't know the exact statistic, but there's been studies that showing like 95 percent of players that retire retire with CTE. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, we have another comment coming in on our Facebook Live. Shout out to Priscilla who says, I just see this as straight up exploitation of black lives. Like Cap is just being used for the profit of Nike and for Nike to look like to look like a good company. Nike doesn't care about black lives. I'm happy Cap is getting his bag, but I don't know. I don't know if Nike is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And then she says, F the NFL. Thank you, Priscilla. Big for the- facts. Big <laughs> facts, Priscilla. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Now I'm trying to change the tide. Like, really, Tiffany? So, well, actually. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'll put it like this. Everything, you know, like most things in life, it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. It's not black and white, like you said. You, you know, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. There's pros and there are cons. Uh, and, and sometimes it, it takes a, a a long time for us to really reflect and contemplate before we come to a conclusion on where we stand. So no one should feel pressured to go out and buy Nike sneakers and stocks. This is just a dialogue that we're having. This is something that we should be talking about. And we do have to wrap up this conversation. But before we do, I want to get the panel's response on um, not only how you feel about Nike and if you think you should tell everyone to support it or not, but, you know, the larger issue at hand. How can we support the issues that Kaepernick is spotlighting that now Nike is backing? 
I think people need to go out. They need to help elect black candidates. They need to help get Stacey Abrams, Andrew Gilliam, um, Ben Jealous elected for their, their governor races. Go out, help those people, support them. Um, vote. Make sure you're voting for, for Democrats who really support your causes, not just any Democrat like they tell you. Vote in your primaries. I would second everything that my uh, colleague just said. And definitely, you know, there's a lot of organizations that exist out there in your communities, whether, you know, it's the Black Youth Project, getting involved in your community boards, and really making sure that issues that matter to you matter to everyone in your community. And voting and being vocal and getting out there and marching really does have an impact. And, you know, support progressive Black candidates, like you said, especially, you know, women. Absolutely. And before I give my closing statement, uh, Albert just left a comment on our Facebook Live saying we don't need the NFL if it supports if it gives kids false hope. Don't go and doesn't go into black. Don't go into a black white thing, because in New York, we give money first to the football teams and high schools before books and supplies. Thank you so much for that, Albert. I just want to end this segment by saying whether or not you believe Nike is co-opting Kaepernick's stance of resistance, um, this ad, this campaign, it reminds us that the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And Barack Obama reminded us of that a few days ago because when we're not involved civically and, you know, involved in political elections and involved in our local community and, and involved in, in the social justice movements that are going on, it affects us. It affects everyone else. And it has a huge impact. So whether or not you like what Nike is doing, I commend them for just bringing this issue to the forefront and getting millions of people to remember why Kaepernick first kneeled on that field and the reason why was because he was protesting the black and brown bodies that continue to be shot down and murdered without consequences and without accountability and i'll just end on this because when i say the word consequences i always think of something Alyssa says elections have consequences and when you don't vote and you don't get involved we get things like Donald Trump, a clown who is now running a circus in the White House. And that's why it's important for us to pay attention and get involved. And shout out for Nike for facilitating the conversation. On that note, we do have to say goodbye. But keep, continue to listen to WATR because Gregory Nee Smith is coming up with the underdog show. Shout out to him. And we have a special treat for you guys next week. God willing, he'll be on Let Your Voice Be Heard. All right. So, guys, and continue to support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash beheardradio and give a small donation and support us, then we will continue to support the issues that you care about. All right. So on that note, thank you again. Happy Sunday. And we'll see you next week.